0: This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out.
1: What's happening, friends? Welcome to IGN's weekly Xbox show. We call it Podcast Unlocked, and we have been doing that. For 568 episodes. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined here in the IGN San Francisco studio by Miranda Sanchez. Hello. Hey,
2: hello. In person. Hello. Yes,
1: indeed. <laughs> uh, from Los Angeles, Destin Legary. Hey buddy. Hi, everybody. Bam. And uh, from her home in San Francisco. Hello to Stella Chung. Hi. Well, let's uh let's start by getting the, the housekeeping plugs out of the way. IGN.com slash rewards. I'm gonna keep this short. Go there, we revamped our whole thing. We've got all sorts of cool perks, even at the free tier, uh, discounts, we're giving away gamer chairs, uh, and if you step up to the paid tier, which are the current promo price, 30 bucks a year, it's two fifty a month, we will get you a free Map Genie Plus subscription, you'll get free games and free in-game content, and you're helping to support IGN shows like this one, so... Check it out, IGN.com slash rewards, if I can get it out of my face properly. And then the other one, the IGN Playlist app. Don't miss that on your smartphone. Uh, it's basically like letterboxed for movies or Goodreads for books, but for games. Keep track of everything you and your friends and us are, uh, are currently playing. Uh, I will quickly plug my Cliff Blazinski IGN Unfiltered. Cliff's got a new book out, which I left a copy for. Hopefully, you got that copy I, I left did. for you. I did. Thank you. Yeah, I hope you'll enjoy it. The, uh, of course, creator of Gears of War, one of the, I mean, the primary creator. He was. He emphasized in the interview it was very much a team effort, of course. But uh, Cliff's life story, his memoir called Control Freak is out. So I interviewed him about that. There's a little snippet from Cliff and I's conversation that is on IGN now. He uh, He had some interesting stuff to say about... Uh, I asked him about how he how he felt when when Epic sold gears to Microsoft, which was after Cliff had already left. He had some interesting words about that uh not to mention or some of their highlights he talked about miyamoto getting to meet him and befriending kojima there was lots of good stuff and and as usual it's unfiltered and it's cliff cliff likes to swear so if uh, (laughs) you don't get a lot of sweary videos on ign this is one of them ign unfiltered it's also a podcast feed so if you're interested in just listening to it you can find it on your favorite podcast service let's get started shall we yeah. Let's get started with Phil Spencer. So Phil was everywhere over the past week, everywhere but here. It seems I'm am a little jealous. I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. I feel a little, uh, you know, like well, what about us? What about Unlocked? He hasn't been here in a while. But we'll we'll do our best to get him in here sooner rather than later. In the meantime, though, he was do- out doing some interviews, and one of them uh, with the Same Brain YouTube channel. He finally, as the, the headline of this episode very much made clear, Phil finally put an end to this entire Call of Duty on PlayStation speculation. Will they? Won't they? How long? It's done. So uh, Phil says, here's a clip from the interview. He said, quote, we're not taking Call of Duty from PlayStation. That's not our intent. Our intent is not to do that. And as long as there's a PlayStation out there to ship to, our intent is that we'll continue to ship Call of Duty on PlayStation, similar to what we've done with Minecraft since we owned that. So- well, Hold
0: up, Ryan. Yes. You said
1: intense. Destin, no. <laughs>
0: That's what the internet's been
1: messaging. I know, I know. It's ridiculous. And, no, I I know. And hey, you know what? In all seriousness, I, I don't blame people for doing that because I consider myself a student uh, a, in the art of deciphering Phil Spencer's very carefully chosen words. Because he does. Like, I love Phil. He's listening to this at the dog park right now. Hi, Phil. But Phil, no, he, he's, he's an honest guy, but he chooses his words carefully as a person in his position leading a platform so i don't blame people for digging into that but i i think this puts it to bed i i, I don't think i'm being misleading with our episode title this week uh still let me go your way are you satisfied with this answer is it over now
3: yeah thank god <laughs> <laughs> we were all kind of over talking about it we were just like oh my god like please like there's no way but um, and it's really interesting so i did the oh my god what was it um the games fix and this was also one of the topics that uh i reported on and a lot of people were like well yeah like that was never in question that was never gonna happen like this it was never gonna be taken away and i'm like well i mean i don't know a lot of people were kind of worried but it's nice to hear it from him that it's not going anywhere and it also would not make sense so for me i'm just like yeah Good. Just can we stop breaking down every single word that he said and just take this?
1: <laughs> uh, Miranda, are you satisfied with with this as, a, as an end to this story? You have a look on your face that says no,
2: no. <laughs> All right. I want to hear it. Here's
1: this is what we have a podcast for.
2: Yeah. So the, the idea here is like I think if this were always the intent, they would have led with that beginnings because there's a lot of conversations like oh well at least for the next three years oh at least for this long and that there was a lot of back and forth on that and for phil to come out and say this on a podcast just saying oh yeah it's our intent like well, of course we're not taking it away and <laughs> how How long though but but that's the thing, and I think it makes sense from a business standpoint that of course they'd want to keep it on PlayStation that's more people buying this game, more people playing this game um and we've seen of course, the success with Minecraft and the importance of keeping these communities still alive and thriving, but You know, that is, like, a big part of these um, evaluations of this acquisition as to whether or not them having Call of Duty creates some, like, you know, issues across the board with, like, competitiveness with Sony and other brands. And I'm not convinced that this is the final word on it. And I don't think the internet will let it be the final word, just as they never let anything die, which (laughs) is just the way of the world. Um, It always comes back, right? So I, I think I'm... It's nice. It's a nice answer, but I think there's probably still more to be said here.
1: So do you think there are some invisible words in Phil's quote there that's that that's not our intent until the regulators approve it? Is that is that what he's leaving out in your opinion here? Maybe. Maybe? I don't know. I I'm satisfied with this. I think it's over because Minecraft is we we have that as a as an historical example here. And Minecraft has grown. It has thrived. It has been successful. Uh, It has not diminished in any way since Microsoft acquired it and kept it on PlayStation and and on Switch and on any platform they can get it on. So, I mean, Phil talked about, in fact, uh, in another quote, he talked about wanting to see Call of Duty on the Switch. So he's talking about more platforms, not fewer. And Destin, I, I have to think it just, at the end of the day, uh, setting aside the regulatory question from a business case, Destin, it's, it, it comes down to, are you going to make more money keeping it multi-platform or are you going to keep, are you going to make more money locking it to Xbox and PC and bringing more people into the Xbox ecosystem? But is that going to outweigh the, the amount of money that you'd make, uh, keeping it on a PlayStation?
0: There's a lot to dive into here. So to answer your question initially there, um, yeah, they make more money keeping it multi-platform because more people are going to buy those PlayStation exclusive micro things that they have on the PlayStation brand, right? Well, that's so,
1: going to gonna go away
0: uh, that'll last for too long. Because yeah. those contracts are still in place, right? right? Mm-hmm. So I would imagine that those exclusivity deals would still happen. Now, if we go back to January, before the deal was made public, there was a conversation between Jim Ryan and Phil Spencer, or Jim Ryan and Xbox, that was made public. And Jim Ryan brought that to the forefront. He said, in January, we provided a signed agreement to Sony to guarantee Call of Duty on PlayStation with feature and content parity for at least several more years beyond the current Sony contract, an offer that goes well beyond typical game industry agreements, Spencer said in a statement. Jim Ryan said that window was three years. That's why fans are saying, well, he said it was three years. He said that before it was publicly announced. Mm -hmm. Then it was publicly announced. And since the day that it was publicly announced to the world, It has been Call of Duty will remain on PlayStation. Well, actually, I think they... Let me rephrase that. They did clarify that a little bit later that it would remain on PlayStation in perpetuity. So this is like the fifth time that they have publicly said that it would remain on PlayStation. Um, That word, intent, though, is what a lot of people are pointing out. So, like, if the intent is to leave it there, but PlayStation won't let Game Pass on their system, oops, I guess we can't put Call of Duty on PlayStation is what I'm imagining people are thinking. Uh, separately phyllis said some stuff that hasn't in a bit of a hot water about this like he says generation exclusives are completely counter to what gaming is about i feel like that was phrased about something different because they correlate that to how the bethesda deal went okay well why would you make all the bethesda games exclusive right and now he's saying um you know call of duty will remain multi-platform but what about bethesda right i've always I... thought i've Sorry, just last note on this. I've always thought that this would be exactly like the Minecraft deal. Call of Duty is too big to remove from the other platforms. My initial reaction was like, holy crap, Call of Duty is going to be exclusive. But as they start talking about the financial aspect of it more, it's like, okay, it does make sense. Destiny, I, so.
2: I think we're like same brain it's like it just makes sense because they have these established communities on an ongoing game even though that call of duty is a different game every single year there's still Warzone. there's still other elements that do go on um, longer than something like a fallout right it just is like a single experience you sit down you play it it's mm-hmm. done there's not a multiplayer component that keeps on going in the same way as something like minecraft or call of duty that has kind of a, a longer standing ecosystem present uh so that's why i think they could separate those to being that's our exclusive we're having those be like first party titles these are our big blockbusters to rival you know god of war rival last of us rival that kind of thing versus minecraft or call of duty which are not that same sort of thing and
0: so on um, within even within that deal last last point ryan uh the mm-hmm. bethesda games that did have communities remain multi-platform yep. all out 76 and and eso mm-hmm.
1: okay so Yeah, no, this, so this, I'm getting, I'm really getting ahead of myself here because we're not going to learn the real answer to this for a number of years, but I want to continue this conversation with you guys. So you talk about existing communities and uh, exist, you know, expectations, but so Starfield, there was question, remember that was, that was a question for a while. Is Starfield going to be an Xbox exclusive? The answer has turned out to be yes. Based on everything we've seen now with this Call of Duty situation, I want to ask all three of you, what about The Elder Scrolls VI? This is a game that uh, has had Xbox exclusivity before. Mm -hmm. Uh, Morrowind never came to PlayStation. Oblivion was exclusive for a year or more by virtue of the fact that the PlayStation 3 hadn't come out yet. But then Skyrim, multi-platform game. And it's obviously it's the joke. The running joke is that Skyrim's on every platform. Elder Scrolls Six. I'll start with you, Miranda. Is that going to be an Xbox exclusive?
2: Oh, yeah, that sucker's exclusive. That's it. I mean, I think you you do have like again those long. Standing excitement and people who have played on other platforms, but that's not the same as a Minecraft that has existed and continues. A living to exist. platform of exactly. sorts. Exactly yeah. right, and I think that's the big differentiator here because there's one where you're cutting someone off from something they're actively doing right now, versus just not giving them the option to pick up the next installment somewhere else. Yeah. And again, Call of Duty, yes, it is an annual release sometimes. Now going forward, it's not going to necessarily always be annual, but. With that, I think there is still the expectation because those games go on for so long, and with Warzone, of course. So I think that is the big differentiator.
1: Destin, do you agree with Miranda on that with regard to Elder Scrolls Six?
0: Well, here's what Phil has actually said about Elder Scrolls Six exclusivity. During the roundtable event when they announced the Bethesda deal, and I have the, the luxury of having a computer right in front of me, so it's nice for these quotes. Uh, this is about delivering great exclusive games for you, Xbox customers, that ship on platforms where Game Pass exists. So there was still questions like, will Elder Scrolls, will the next Fallout be on those platforms? In an interview with GQ back in November of 2021, he said, um, his reasoning seems to come down to what the Xbox ecosystem can offer, its exclusives, including cloud gaming, Xbox Live services, and more. It's not about punishing any other platform. Like I fund- fundamentally believe all the other platforms can continue to grow, he told GQ. But in order to be on Xbox, I want us to be able to bring the full, complete package of what we have. And that would be true when I think about Elder Scrolls Six. That would be true when I think about any of our franchises. So I think, I think the problem that they're running into, and the reason this Call of Duty conversation is so contentious, is because of the statements about Bethesda. Yep. So you had the Minecraft mm-hmm. deal. If it was Minecraft, and then Bethesda was the same, and then I think there would be less concern about Call of Duty, right? I think people would be hypothesizing that maybe this is the one that they make exclusive, but Elder Scrolls w- will be Xbox exclusive. He has said as much. If you, we read between the lines of what he said for Bethesda properties, if it turns out to be an MMO for whatever reason, I don't think it will be. It won't. No. Then, then I think it would be multi-platform. And I think that's how they handle the properties going forward. Stella, do you agree?
3: I mean, I, Dustin kind of, gave us a lot <laughs> to point in that direction, but um yeah i mean for for all gamers, I would kind of hope that it was a timed exclusive, but you know feels like it 's going to be an exclusive
1: yeah no i, I agree i I was sort of playing devil 's advocate on purpose by by bringing this <laughs> up, but i do I, I agree completely i think I think all the Bethesda stuff that 's not an mmo that 's not eso that 's not a, a live serve an existing live service game which the only one I'm aware of is Fallout 76. I think everything from from here on out is, uh, is indeed going to be exclusive from them. So uh, I'll pivot this. Let's keep going on this thread a little bit. Uh, everything else from Activision Blizzard, every new thing from here on out, will those games be exclusive to the Xbox ecosystem?
0: Can you clarify new IP
1: or... So like Diablo 4 is going to probably it is scheduled to come out before this deal closes. So it is coming to PlayStation. And I, I, that's, there's, you're not going to pull the plug on that at this point, but like we know Blizzard has a new survival game in development. They've, they've sort of publicly announced they're doing that. They're hiring for it. It's probably many years down the line. Uh, And then with regard to Activision, they don't have much of a track record of making things that aren't named Call of Duty, but <laughs> Phil has expressed an interest in changing that uh, and, and digging into their IP catalog. Things like Crash Bandicoot, things like, I mean, they they own a lot of stuff. There's all the Raven stuff in the in the uh, in the war chest, the IP chest. So Hexen,
0: uh, dude,
1: I I am a massive heretic and Hexen fan, going back uh, way back in the day. So I I would love that, but so. The non-Call, the non-Call of Duty, Activision Blizzard stuff, non-Diablo, you know, again, will that, will that stuff start to go exclusive to Xbox as these new games come along after the acquisition? Destin, I'll go back to you first on this one.
0: Yes, and I think they've indicated as such. Uh, I originally thought that they would remain multi-platform, but interestingly enough, the CMA, Sony... Everybody is focused on the like 1.5 billion or whatever that Sony makes with Call of Duty. I mean, even if you wiped out all revenue generated from Call of Duty, PlayStation would be fine, but that's not the point. They've slept on calling out the other franchises within this deal. And I think that's going to shoot them in the foot longer term. I do think that this, I still think that this deal goes through. I don't think like the CMA even the, has been the most strict about it. Brazil's put it through, Saudi Arabia put it through with, with, comments in brazil specifically you know leaked to the public uh the cma is a bit more of a spectacle with how they've handled things but i think it goes through and because nobody ever brought up these other franchises there's no reason for xbox to have those
3: multi-platform
1: yep stella your thoughts
3: Uh, sorry repeat the question
1: the rest of the, the non-Call of Duty catalog with Activision Blizzard, is, is that stuff going to, as it comes, as new stuff comes along, do you see those being Xbox exclusives?
3: There's a lot to consider under that handle. So I don't, I guess it depends on, on, which, um, which, game it's on which game it is. And I, I don't think so. I, I personally don't think so.
1: All right. Because, there I mean, there there is a case to be made either way, certainly. Uh,
0: Miranda. I think it depends on game also.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, I was skewing more toward case-by-case case basis. I think yeah, a lot of the strengths when I think of Blizzard tend to be PC games. And sure. Microsoft has a good handle on that. So, that obviously, it's those are going to be fine. Those are going to be on PC still. Uh, but at the same time, I do see... You know phil and the xbox team wanting to put their games on more platforms game pass on more platforms making it more accessible making it to a place where people can get to it regardless of what systems they have so i could see them if they are trying to bundle something bigger to get that on more things like i know we've made jokes and like allusions to, you know, game pass on switch. Like if they can figure that out, I could see them trying to put all their libraries on these things. If it's a subscription service that exists on other consoles. And I don't think that's out of the question just because they are really trying to make sure that this is something that's accessible to a lot of people, regardless of the systems you have. And I think that's the way we would see some of these games come to other platforms.
0: You are exactly right, Miranda. And I think they're very transparent about that being their desire. They want Game Pass on Switch, they want Game Pass on PlayStation. They don't They don't care about the that, but the other brands I yes. don't know will ever allow that. That's the thing. <clears throat> and going and going case by case with the franchise, I think Diablo remains multi-plat. Yeah. I think Overwatch remains multi-plat. Oh, yeah. Games games like that. Crash Bandicoot, I think that goes Xbox exclusive, which is yeah. crazy, right?
1: Yeah. That, <laughs> that's that it's quite a journey for uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. for Crash, uh, but yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Like Overwatch is such a I mean that's a cross-platform game uh that's i don't think that's that's going to get locked away anytime soon we won't get a diablo 5 for uh at least 10 years (laughs) given the track record of how long diablo games take to make so i'm not i don't even need to think about that for now
0: i want world of warcraft on game pass i want it on xbox like that is a really great game they don't have a final fantasy 14 but imagine they bring x they bring xbox World of Warcraft and it would probably work on every console. Well, right? there's it, there's a if, Play, if PlayStation and, and Square can figure out how to make Final Fantasy yep. work on PlayStation. Yeah. I think Xbox can figure out how to make WoW Work and that would be a massive win for them. And they're not even talking about it. Not yet. <laughs> like the, all these all these deals with the CMA Still and everything. Still just, just the focus on Call it's of Duty. Just Call of Duty. Yeah. And it, I feel like they're they got their blinders on.
2: I agree.
1: Well, good Good conversation there. Let's keep talking about another Phil quote. Thanks, Phil. Still from that Same <laughs> Brain uh, YouTube interview, Phil has admitted what well, we've been saying for quite a while, so he doesn't... Phil does not have blinders on. He says it's been too long since a major first-party exclusive has landed on the Xbox Series X and S. Uh, he said he understands why players are frustrated with, uh, with certainly Halo Infinite being the most recent big game, and that's a year ago already, but noting that 2023 is set to be a big year. He says, quote, one thing we've definitely heard loud and clear is that it's been too long since we've shipped what people would say is a big first party game. We could have our excuses on COVID and other things, but in the end, I know people invest in our platform and they want to have great games. We're excited about 2023. We've talked about games that are coming, and those games are tracking well. Getting our first real Xbox first-party games out of Bethesda, having them ship Redfall and Starfield, will be a lot of fun. Uh, I, you know, Phil's gamer cred is long established. We know he plays games. He is not oblivious to this stuff. He's not just a a suit counting money on a, in a spreadsheet. Uh, In an office like he he knows what the what the situation looks like from the ground level that that we see it at. And I imagine he's as frustrated as as us fans are. But the the problem is, Stella, you can't. There is no quick fix to the situation. You can't fast track a game because then a game then the game is buggy and messy and. You've dug yourself a hole, and you haven't. You've only added to your problems rather than solve them. So, there's there's not much to be done except hurry up and wait.
3: Yeah, I mean, I so it's it's interesting because I I know I get a lot of crap for this for not being someone who's like as invested in the Xbox platform or a PlayStation platform or anywhere really because I just like gaming wherever I can get the games on. Um, so for me, exclusives don't mean as much as it does to all these other fans who have been on the platform for years and years. Um, And especially since I can get a lot of Xbox games on PC, for me, I'm just like, oh, it's fine. Like I, uh, that term exclusivity, exclusive, I attach to things like um, God of War, The Last of Us, stuff like that, that is obviously only available on a platform for so, so long. Um, And I understand that people are really frustrated that Xbox hasn't had any like real first party games aside from Halo Infinite, which I cannot believe has been a year already.
1: Just about. Um,
3: Yeah, and of course updates to that game have been very far and few between so that is frustrating but i feel like xbox has been doing so much this year in terms of like bringing so many other games to other people and making it more accessible um so for me i'm just like i understand that people are frustrated but i feel like xbox is doing way more than just first party stuff and exclusives right now and that's okay so they were able to take their time which i would love for Redfall and starfield to be really good so like take your time on that I know there's no quick fix, but knowing that such great games are coming, I think that's something that people who do want Xbox exclusives, that's something that they can hold on to.
1: Destin, fans are, the, the, the frustration is understandable, right?
0: At this point. Absolutely. I agree with Phil. Um, it has been too long since an exclusive game has hit the Xbox ecosystem. People don't care about excuses they care about whether you executed or you didn't and xbox has failed to execute on the the exclusive delivery for the last year fans are upset about that understandably we saw people rallying about canceling their game pass subscriptions because nothing was really coming to the platform granted we did get some stuff this holiday season i'll give them that but people want these exclusives where's avowed where's perfect dark where are even the games that they said are coming in the next 12 months a lot of that got pushed, and people are kind of... They've given Xbox a lot of time to come up with something, but it's its a failing on their part to deliver content on a regular cadence, and it's something that it seems like they're addressing, but how long are fans expected to wait?
1: Yeah, it's, you spend a lot of money, Miranda, on... You spend 500 for the console. You spend 10 to 15 bucks a month on your Game Pass subscription, if, you, if you've got that. You spend... 60, 70 bucks for extra controllers. Like it's people have quite literally invested in the platform and the frustration is understandable.
2: They have done a good job on the controllers this year. I will say yes,
1: that is true.
2: But yes absolutely i think that's that's the hard thing too right because you can be frustrated while also understanding you don't have to have those exclusive of each other so uh yes as everyone has already said on the panel it is understandable that folks are frustrated that there's nothing out and i think the intention was obviously them to have at least one big game per year which is probably and should be at least the goal of a minimum one game with as many studios as they have for first party
1: phil talked about not necessarily big games but Mm Uh, Phil had talked in the past, I think during one of the acquisition waves uh-huh. about the goal was to sh- have one first party thing every quarter.
2: Yes, yeah. that's I know we talked about that in the past too and that's sort of what Nintendo's position was and it's not even like... 60, 80 hour games, no, 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 like even 40, it's, it's about any sort of game from their major first party studios, even if it's a small experience or a large one, or yep. it's like the big blockbuster tri- quadruple A thing that they want to do. It's just something that says, hey from team Xbox, from one of our studios, we have something for you that adds value that goes beyond just what you can get on, you know, Steam or anywhere else and, or comes to another thing later. And so they have had some nice, like timed exclusives or just smaller games come out that Mm -hmm. aren't from first party though. And that's the thing. Tunic
1: was one from this year.
2: Exactly. Like there's been that. And I think, um, there've been a lot of really fun, uh what's it called game pass releases as well like tiny kin is really fun like there's just a lot of good small games out there we're gonna talk play. about
1: a couple more when we talk about this month's game pass here in yeah, a few minutes
2: and i will say like even though i understand the frustration that there isn't like the big halo there's are we still waiting on gears every time i'm just like
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's I, gonna be a while
2: I know, <laughs> I know. The cliffhanger. anyway so phil
1: uh that, phil you should you should check out my uh self shameless self-promotion for the the fun filter (laughs) he he actually talked about gears five and and what that the way that game ended he had he had a comment on that that you might find interesting
2: okay i'm very excited i'm actually about to do a big (laughs) replay of all of the gears games with my sister because she's never played them and so that'll be fun yeah and so there's there's a lot to dig into from the back catalog but understandably it is yeah you can be frustrated with this and i am not alone in that just or i guess i'm They're not alone in that. I am part of that of just like wow, I really wish we got something bigger from Xbox this fall, but you know.
1: And and Destin, you're, you know, you're you're on the money, uh, in my opinion, with with uh, your point about you know, people don't want excuses. Absolutely right. That said, it (laughs) there we've and we've covered this before, so I'll just make this quick. You had uh, a a major AAA exclusive, Stalker Two get pushed for the most horrific Mm -hmm. real-world reasons imaginable. Uh, You had, actually, and then for the same horrific real-world reason, a smaller exclusive replaced, also pushed. Uh, And then Starfield and Redfall just fell victim to your normal video game production and delay. Also,
2: I, I know Phil said it's like excuses with COVID. It's like, I don't think that's necessarily an excuse. That's still a reason. Like it, restructuring how your studio works for two years that's that seems like a long time but it's really not i think if we even think about our day jobs and how long maybe it took for things to adapt and finding those small issues that lead to these big ripple effects of production issues that are really challenging and so i think it's important to be a little empathetic with that as well and just understanding that the the transition that we've had to make has been really significant and getting back into office or not whether that is something that people are doing is still um, an ongoing thing that's happening
0: Miranda, I think we can be empathetic. Of course, we understand that there have yeah. some challenges for Xbox and what they've had to deal with. But my grandmother or somebody's grandmother who has gone and bought the Xbox and their kid's like, what am I supposed to be playing? They don't even know about Tunic or Pentiment or they might not even know about Plague Tale. They're like, where's my gears? Where's my Halo? Mm-hmm. Where's, that's what grandma says. Where's XYZ? Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and they're they're upset because they invested, what, $500? On a console and an extra controller, and they're like, What am I supposed to play?
2: No, well that's what I'm saying yeah. too, though. You can yeah. be frustrated and empathetic. That's the thing, is you can hold conflicting feelings yeah. and just well, be well,
0: yeah. what I'm trying to illustrate though is most people don't make the correlation to the war in Ukraine and all sure. and COVID to yeah. not having games on their platform. You know, we know about that. We account for about five percent of the market. The other ninety-five percent are just like I'm not sure why to buy an Xbox. I think the big reason well, is because of Game Pass. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, because of the. Destin, I will say there. though, the five percent that's us and the people listening to this podcast, uh, we influence the other ninety-five percent because we're that's just how it's always worked. You know, you're the yeah. you're talking to your friends and you're saying, "Oh, you got to play this. You got to check that out." Oh yeah, Xbox. Not a lot of games there, and you know it, it, that that conversation happens. And and I guess for yeah. a little context as well. Like Sony kind of went through this last year. Oh yeah! Like remember l- last year we mm-hmm. thought the drought was over for Xbox. I wrote an article on it that continues to live somewhat embarrassingly <laughs> on IGN <laughs> right now because it's making me look a little stupid the long the l- by, day by day here. But you know we talked about I mean Halo, uh, IGN's 2021 Game of the Year Forza Horizon. You had. Uh, now, Psychonauts 2 was technically multi-platform, but it was a big first-party release, mm-hmm. as it turned, and, a, and a, a game of the year nominee in, in a number of categories. At, at, certainly at the at the Keleys if not also, I'm sure I'm sure we also nominated it here at IGN for some stuff. Uh, and then what else? Well, there were a few other, there were a couple others. That I'm now blanking on. I mean, The Ascent was a, a smaller exclusive for a little while, but you know, last year was good, and we thought, here we go, the the faucet's been turned on. The the game, the games will flow freely, and well, the faucet got shut off Just this like, year. Man, if but,
2: everything went according to plan, we would have had Redfall already. Yeah,
1: but but Sony kind of went through like Sony. Okay. You know, Sony's had a great year this year in uh-huh. terms of those tentpole first parties with Horizon Forbidden West, Gran Turismo, and they you know were a week away from God of War Ragnarok. Uh, but last year they barely had anything.
2: Yeah, they had last Ratchet year. and Clank.
1: Ratchet in the middle of the year. Uh, and then uh, I guess what Returnal, but that even that's like a little little maybe you know a notch below on the sort of triple A scale. But uh, so you know, and and to to be fair, next year, currently I don't just for the sake of comparison, uh, Sony has I think they've really only got Spider-Man two as the only thing like already on the calendar first party wise yep. for next year because I don't know if Wolverine's actually going to make <laughs> next year uh, or not, but you know. That hopefully they'll be announcing more stuff, but Xbox. We at least know that a bunch of stuff's coming. It's just that wait has been so difficult because we're just we're uh, we're parched and crawling through the desert. You know, what's at this point, kind
2: I, of funny. I think. So. Oh, sorry, Miranda. Go ahead. Just real quick. It's kind of funny whenever we do these comparisons. We never talk about Nintendo. Well, they because they've marched <laughs> to the beat of their own drum for they do. for yeah. but, quite a long but time. But they do a good job of hitting something every quarter. They do. They I mean, they've
1: they've actually they've I think shipped more games this more first party stuff in the ho- this holiday season that we're in right now than Sony or Microsoft. Yeah, they do a lot. Uh, Bayonetta, Pokemon. Um, there's another big one. Well, Splatoon just came Splatoon out a little while ago, yep. and I think there's even one more. There
2: was more. a Kirby one earlier this year. Yeah, Kirby. There so was... yeah,
1: they've <laughs> they've hit it. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I think the other thing I wanted to say on this is. This topic uh, and Phil's, you know, I'm not going to call it admission because it's that sort of puts a little too much weight into it. But Phil acknowledging that, yep, we know we have a first party drought situation that we need to be better about. I think if you we are in year eight of the Phil Spencer era with Phil as the head of Xbox running the show. And I think if you were to grade him, he grades out really well in. Every category except games. Because you look at uh, hardware, A, that he came in, Xbox One S, which was a nice improvement over the original VCR Xbox One. The Xbox One X, which was an excellent mid-generation refresh that was clearly more powerful, clearly a better machine than the PlayStation 4 Pro. Uh, so, And then, of course, the Series S and Series X have been Excellent pieces of hardware, so he great. He gets an A there. Uh, I think f- culture, from what we can see, he gets an A in terms of the health and well-being of the development teams and making sure you know trying to minimize crunch and make sure everybody's well cared for from a physical, mental, emotional well-being perspective. Uh, he gets an A in services. His first big. Mission, when he took over, was the backwards compatibility program, which has been an unequivocal success uh, and is now a staple of the platform and really helped shape this generation and the transition to it. That They dragged Sony kicking and screaming along uh, with with that. So he gets an A there. And then the other part of that, sorry, is Game Pass. That's the other services aspect, which is a total home run. But games... if I were being honest and if he's going to hear this and he might disagree, I, I'd probably give Phil a D at this point dang. for first party. I mean, again, dang. over eight years, I, right? Look at, you know, they're, the eight last eight years have not been great for cumulative, like total first party tentpole output. Destin, you you looked like you had something. You're ready to ch- chime in there. So please do.
0: Well, I was just going to say, yeah, it's been pretty bad. On the, on the games front, just in terms of, like, big wins. Maybe you get one a year, you know? Oh, um, maybe. Yeah, like, with the Forza games are pretty consistently awesome, you know? Halo Infinite came out, it was great, but now there's problems with multiplayer, you know, not seeing a lively lively update, which I'll talk about at the end of the show, actually. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, I agree with you. It's That has been the the one thing that they cannot seem to get a regular cadence going for. And it's been going on for too long. Yeah. Like even before COVID times, like it was a challenge for them to have those big temples games hit at a Mm -hmm. consistent manner. So I think somebody just got promoted. I was trying to look up their name really quick, but somebody just got promoted to sort of address that issue. And hopefully they come through because people are losing patience.
1: Stella, uh, would you agree with my assessment of Phil's tenure as head of xbox
3: i think so i think he's made some pretty great strides but like obviously they're still kind of struggling in others which i feel like is normal like you can't be great at everything all at once um and and, and next year we'll be able to see like how well everything that they've been preparing will come out and and such so that'll be nice Uh, but i'm actually curious for um for y'all who have been on the platform way longer than me what would you say is like the golden age of xbox gaming
1: 360. Oh, the easy. early the first half of yeah. the 360 era mm-hmm. is unequivocally okay. a, a, a incredible just insane.
2: Yeah.
0: Halo 2, you know. Well, that's <laughs> the
1: yeah, end that of the years. tail end yeah. of the original, but yeah, I mean, Halo 3, yeah. uh, Mass Effect, um, Forza One. and Forza years. Horizon, Motorsport and Horizon, Fable out. 2.
2: <laughs> <Random>. I mean, <laughs> that's it. I know. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, you you could crack down the yeah. first one was awesome. Oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah there, there's a long, uh, all the ch- brilliant
0: exclusive stuff from Lexbox Live Arcade.
2: I was about to say Arcade Times.
0: The, the partnership with Japan Studios to make stuff like Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey. Exactly. It like, just kind of mm-hmm. went the wayside for a long time. They're finally getting yeah. back to working with international Bioshock partners, was great.
1: exclusive. Dead Rising. I mean, yeah, it, yeah we could, if I pulled People up. People
0: forget like, about Bioshock, Ryan. It, they're yeah. like, that was multi-platform. No, it was no, not. No, it was not. <laughs> it was yeah. not Elder beginning. Scrolls. Yeah, Oblivion, as I said earlier <laughs> yeah. in the show. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: The Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter was, again, a default exclusive because there was no PlayStation 3. That was an incredible game at the time. Uh, the Splinter Cells were conviction. <laughs> and, the, uh, yeah, we, <laughs> could, we could keep going, Stella. That's, yeah,
3: yeah. You 360. Do, you can, yeah do, you, do you think we can get there again?
0: Yes, I do. <laughs>
3: And, and
1: again, well, it
0: to, seems to, like next year they're making up for lost time.
3: <laughs> well, yeah. And it's the,
1: it, it we know it, we've said a million times, it, it can't be fixed overnight. And yes, they've, and they've been doing the work buying the studios. Yeah.
2: It's about to say. So it's, it's, the purse strings were open. And, right. It's, yeah. it's
1: just, they're, these are not, this stuff all takes a lot of time and it is, it does finally look like, again, I know we've said this before, but it looks like next year is finally going to be the year. Uh, Miranda.
2: Yeah, just exactly that. Like next year is going to be the year. I think that's when we start seeing things roll out a bit more consistently. Um, as we have all said, the big thing was acquisitions, right? That's like, okay, now we have a lot more studios, can make more games, have more of a cadence between all of these partners we have to put out these big games that are under our titles like under our branch of xbox games and so i think that's what we're really looking for and it is a shame that it does take so long but also it's understandable because making video games is hard and so it takes time for those to happen and i'm excited to see what happens because i just want to know what everyone is doing and we don't even know what's going to happen next fall we only have through the first half of next that's year. true i that's, mean that's it
1: that was the last <laughs> note i had on this topic was okay Let's look ahead a little bit to next fall, because as you noted, the showcase only covered the first half of of 2023. Some candidates, don't know how many or if any of these are gonna make, but something. I, I'm confident we're gonna get something, at least one big, big first party game next fall. Uh Hellblade 2, I think, is a very strong candidate for next fall. Uh given what about that so bad. What's that, Desk? <laughs>
0: I want a vowed so
1: bad About. next year. I have that on the list. I mean I yeah, I, there's a chance that, that could be that could be ready for next fall. Uh Indiana Jones, potentially. I mean that movie oh, yeah. is out next year, so uh not that it's a tie in, but you know, it would certainly be in that their interests it? to to get it out uh somewhat within the, the the same time window as the movie if you can. State of decay three, maybe yeah. could be next fall. That's what I want. That next Um, fall would be so good. So yeah, I mean, and that's just that's just some because then we know like Fable's a way out because they they just hired uh, a writer who had previously worked on Horizon Forbidden West. So that's you're still hiring people for the writing team, probably still a little ways out. So Fable Mm -hmm. Fable's probably at least another couple years out. Uh, We know, unfortunately, Perfect Dark. You know the reports there were that's a bit of a messy situation. So that's going to be a ways out. Um, but, you know, and we still, Compulsion's the one, not if it's sure it's their, their one, but it's Twitter definitely one of, it's one of actually, the first party studios we haven't heard from yet.
0: They actually tweeted something for the first time in years recently. Oh, really? So I missed that, it. That was nice. Everyone yeah, opened Because I was like, oh my God, you're alive. And they were like, <laughs> <laughs> they were bantering with me. It was fun.
1: Well, good. Um. So yeah, there there is plenty more coming down the pipe, And I guess the, to, put a bow on this whole conversation uh 2023 looks good and hopefully it will be good but even if it is good 2024 has to also be good and like we can't we can't be the starting and the stopping of the releases you know that's not healthy for the the long-term success of the xbox as a platform it's there's that consistency has got to be there uh, as Phil talked about, you know, aiming for one one first party title a quarter, a few, you know, whatever that was, two three years ago, and that they need to get to that, and hopefully, that is going to start yeah. in starting. Hopefully, it starts next quarter because we're in Q4, so hopefully Q1, yeah. maybe we're going to get Redfall in Q1, maybe we're going to get Starfield in Q1, or probably not both of them, but one maybe of them. one of them, and then hopefully Q2 is. The other of those two, for my and...
2: own sake, I'd like them to be spaced out. Yes, just for me. <laughs> yeah, because
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've said before, when Starfield comes out, it's you won't see me. Goodbye. I'll, I'll barely, <laughs> barely make it to this podcast. Um, so we just yeah. live
2: in the office, you know.
1: That's true. We'll just always
2: be here. How That's we true.
1: We could do that. All right, uh, let's keep moving here. <laughs> in another Phil interview with Wall Street Journal Live. Phil alluded to possible price increases. The question is on what? So he says, quote, I do think at some point we'll have to raise the prices on certain things. But going into this holiday, we thought it was important to maintain the prices. We've held price on our console. We've held price on games and our subscription. I don't think we'll be able to do that forever. I do think at some point we'll have to raise some prices on certain things. Miranda, Let's play the let's play the game again which is decipher Phil's words. What is he referring to there?
2: Oh. All of it? You think it's all of it? I hope not. Uh, I would see them probably keeping console prices the same. But instead they do... um, I would think controller prices will probably stay the same. It's probably going to be games and Game Pass that will go up in price. But I don't think
1: $70 games for first party?
2: Potentially, yeah. yeah, But I don't think they'll raise the Game Pass price until they start releasing a lot of big things. And then only after they've released it for a while. Because I don't think they would be like, oh, well, we haven't changed anything major We've been adding games and some, you know, some go away. Uh, but we're gonna raise the price now. I mean, they'll be like, no.
1: So maybe what <laughs> do you think? You, what do you do you think like ne- this time next year, there's yeah. a Game Pass price increase. I maybe could see that. Stella, you agree with Miranda, or what's? Do you have a take on this?
3: Yeah, I mean, I expected Game Pass to kind of go up at some point. I'm surprised it stayed here as long as it has. I feel like next year, especially with all these first party games coming out, that feels like a good time to do it, if any. Um, just because you're getting so many things at launch at just for the price of the subscription, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I never considered in in ever. <laughs> but now Xbox is like, here you go, games everywhere. And you're just like, yeah, prices are definitely going to go up, especially if they're going to keep up with this amount of releases, um, which we're hoping does. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's going to go up next year. And I'd, I'd be okay with it because there's so much that you're getting.
1: Destin, uh, I agree with Miranda. I think the... Game Pass subscription increase is going to happen when the call when the Activision Blizzard deal closes because that's when Diablo 4 and Overwatch and a bunch of stuff uh, go into Game Pass. So I think that's that's going to be like, hey, we paid 69 billion for this and you now have a ton more games in here. So uh, we're raising the price. Do you agree with Miranda's assessment? And uh, how about what do you think of the timing? So hit me.
0: I feel like we discussed this on the previous episode. But my thought, or I don't know, I talked about it at some point, but I think that game pass prices increase, right? I think that's the move. I think game prices, I'm not sure what they're going to do there. It seems like everybody else has made their game $70. It's not something I love, but that would be easier for them to, to do and activate. I wouldn't be happy about it. I'm really happy with the $60 price point, actually, but whatever, um, I don't think they can raise the price of the console. I think that would be an incredibly bad look, especially after Phil came out and said like, we're not raising the price of the console. And he was like very dismissive about the idea of that even happening. And then he, he kind of had to make this statement in the wall street journal thing that Tom was quote tweeting um, and say, yeah, we're going to have to raise prices on stuff because of inflation, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, I don't feel like they can raise the price of the console if they do. They're rightfully going to get a lot of crap for it because they were kind of like, well, look at us. We don't have to raise the price of our console. And then they do it two months later. That's going to be a really yeah, bad look.
1: I agree with you, especially when Sony hasn't. Uh, North America is Microsoft's biggest market. Mm-hmm. And Sony hasn't raised the PlayStation 5 price in North America. So yeah. there's just no way that the console prices are going to go up uh, in in their in North America, Microsoft's biggest territory, but Miranda, I think you're dead on with I think I think seventy dollars games uh, and Game Pass subscription increase. Although I will say, I wonder if in a there's a little psychological work at play with customers where if Microsoft, if and when they do go to seventy dollars for their first party games, that kind of spurs more Game Pass subscriptions. Because people go, oh, I don't want to pay seventy for a game. I'll pay. For, I'll do the monthly thing and get all the games. Like, I wonder if yep. there's a little, uh, if if those two things might might correlate the price increase of of one and the subscriptions of the other.
0: <laughs> no, that's that's a good point because you can't raise the price of game. You raise the price of games and you raise the price of Game Pass at the same time. Those seem to correlate, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. All right, um, uh, we teased this earlier. In in non-Phil News, our last story of the week here, Xbox Game Pass for November. It's looking pretty good. (laughs) So uh, November, now we have The Legend of Tiending, a game I'm not familiar with, and then a game I very much am familiar with. We've got The Walking Dead, a new frontier, coming to PC, Game Pass, as well as Michonne, Walking Dead Michonne, uh, and then Ghost Song, which is tomorrow Thursday which is probably today as most of you are hearing this. Next week it gets more interesting. On PC Football Manager 2023 on November 8th and then the console version as well. Uh and then Vampire Survivors which is a game that's been been uh picking up some steam out there in the world that's coming to Game Pass and Return to Monkey Island. Yes.
2: Yay, Ryan. Coming to Xbox
1: and go into Game Pass for console uh, or PC or cloud, too. You could actually just stream Return to Monkey Island.
2: If you need help with it, we got a good guide.
1: I gave this game a 9, which as time has gone on, I feel increasingly awesome about that 9. It's so good. (laughs) It is a fantastic point-and-click adventure game. That you will love, and I'm so glad it's it's going to be available to more people, not just on a new platform on the console itself, the Series X and Series S. It is not coming to Xbox One, uh, but also through Game Pass, more people will get to fire it up. I mean, I I would play it on a PC if you can. It's a it's a point and click interface. It's just going to be better with a mouse than it is with a with a thumbstick. But if if you don't have or don't want to play on PC, then uh, hopefully the the um, control scheme will work pretty well. On the console side of things. And then the week of November 14th, we have a first party game and a third party exclusive for Game Pass. We have Pentiment, which we've talked about on this show in the context of we feel like no one's talking about it, especially not Microsoft for whatever reason. Josh Sawyer's pet project, Pentiment, Is out November fifteenth, right to Game Pass, cloud console, and PC, and then Somerville, which is uh, being made by some former developers from Playdead, some ex Inside and Limbo folks. uh, That is out on straight into Game Pass, console and PC on November fifteenth as well. So uh, that's some. There's you got some bangers in Game Pass this month.
3: Yeah. I'm I'm excited more people get to play Vampire Survivors because that's so fun. I cannot tell you how many times I have just like I don't know what what is it like uh, a blinders on and just played for like 30 minutes, which is like the full length level of a map. Oh my god, it's so fun. I'm I'm glad and it's only like five dollars on its own. So I'm really glad that more people are going to be able to play it for for free if they have a uh, Game Pass. So I'm excited.
1: Destin, what are you playing of the out of off a Game Pass this this month?
0: I'm very curious about pentiment uh that's november so i'm just it's just interesting to me and the the people who worked on it are really passionate about their creation so i'm like that enthusiasm is why i'm interested in it and then it it came out at a time when i was learning about my family's heritage and stuff from the past so uh yeah that's the game excellent <laughs>
1: All right, let's do trivia real quick before we get out of here. Jim in Pittsburgh, his gamer tag is Hide Squadron 1. Ask this, and I'm going to tell you right up front. I read this I did not remember this one, and I lived through this, so uh, we'll see if you guys have a better memory than me. Jim in Pittsburgh writes, the I Love Bees alternate reality game, aka an ARG, was a hugely successful viral marketing campaign for Halo 2. In 2005, Microsoft decided to do another ARG in the lead up to the official hardware and title reveal of the Xbox 360. It involved an internet-based scavenger hunt and concluded with a console reveal video hosted by Jay Allard, former Microsoft uh, executive, that was uh, given to the participants ahead of the console's official reveal. What was the name of that ARG that Microsoft used, the little viral marketing campaign, for the reveal of the 360 itself, both the look of the box and the name of the system? Was it A, Iris, B, the Nautilus construct, C, the colony, or D, the beast. I will go, let's see, should I go youngest to oldest here? Do you we'll know who's with, youngest? I, I think yeah, it's who Stella.
2: Who is the youngest here? I don't actually know. I, it's, I don't I know, know It's rude to asks.
1: ask, so I'm not going
0: to ask, but uh, just. Yeah, thanks, Ryan.
1: Well, you and I are old, Destin, and I'm older. You don't so know.
0: I, you have uh, no idea how old I am.
3: Wait, Randa. I do. How you you- me- tweeted
1: about how old you. you. You put it out there, just as I have. Oh my god! Anyway, Stell, I'm going to go to you first.
3: <laughs> okay. All right. Um. Shoot, I don't know this one at all. But like, A and B are calling to me. I'm going to go with B.
1: The Nautilus construct. Okay.
3: Yeah. All
1: these are pretty equally just abstract, weird names that could absolutely <laughs> apply to some internet scavenger hunt. Uh, Miranda, by the way, I'll, I will note too, uh, at family Christmas when I was a kid and there'd be all the cousins, it would be, that's how the order would go in yeah. terms of opening presents. You go one at a time and it, you'd go youngest to oldest. So there's, uh-huh. that's where I'm, that's where, where my brain is taking that from. Miranda, do you have a, a thought on this one?
2: Um, I was thinking the Nautilus construct as well, just because it sounds weird. Also like, I love bees. That's the ARG. It's <laughs> so cute. But I, um... I'll I'll try to do something different. I'll do C, our colony.
1: Our colony, okay. Destin, that leaves you, my friend.
0: I thought it was our colony because bees, and then the next iteration of that is colony. It's mm, yeah. one oh. way to think about it. Mm. Uh, but if nobody else knows, I'll just I'll just read the board for fun and go with Iris. So the guy I, who takes yeah. this insanely seriously is uh,
1: is just saying, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know just pick um. a different answer.
0: My initial, my the one that calls out to me is B, the nautilus construct. Okay, yeah, we're all feeling B, that word,
3: but we nautilus.
0: That. It's just kind of a yeah. weird word.
3: Nautilus but, construct. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I know right, Deep sea creatures. And <laughs> I'm like
0: it's not an it's not an ARG from or Subnautica, so. Yeah. yeah. So so what are you going with Destin? Remind me. A Iris. Iris. Okay.
1: Well, uh who said our colony? Me. You're correct. Yes. Nice ah, job, I Miranda. Yes. Which uh, that ties okay. you back again with Stella for the lead. So we've got a, a fierce <laughs> contest here. And I'm Destin, you're right two. behind. You're only one point back, Destin. One. All right. One point back. Oh, so wow. Thank you, to, thank you to Jim in Pittsburgh for sending in that excellent Xbox trivia question. And I need some more good questions to choose from. You might be <laughs> featured on, your question might be featured on the podcast if you send in a good one, which you can do by emailing me at unlocked at IGN.com. Include your question, include the four multiple choice answers, note the correct one in your email. Don't forget your name and your gamer tag if you'd like to share it as well. And we'll play again next week. The, the, by the way, we're almost out of time. It's a it's a dead heat here between the three of you just about. And
0: we've probably only got like, I don't know, eight shows left, oh seven dear. shows. So if I get it's coming point, down to the wire. Tied? What? If I, get, if I get one point, are we all tied? If, if,
1: if you get one point and Estelle and Miranda don't, yes, you're one point okay. behind both of them. So Wow. Yeah. It's a, it's a good race this year. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get out of here. Estelle, let me go to you first to do a little ah. shameless self-promotion. Tell the unlocked fan sure. base what you're up to.
3: Uh well, I'm at Parallax Stella everywhere and you can probably see from my tweets and stuff that I placed third in my powerlifting competition Yay! last weekend and I was, it was my first one ever and I was very, uh, very surprised. Thank you, yeah. Um, aside from that, I am doing, I don't know, all sorts of stuff for IGN, lots of hosting. You're gonna see me in videos everywhere, so you're gonna see my annoying face everywhere and then also doing some mono videos. Hopefully I can get another 30 bomb, but we'll see so yeah that's that's what i got
0: excellent Destin. yeah actually still and i are working on something together and i brad said i could talk about it (laughs) so uh the day before the winter update for halo infinite launches we are doing an exclusive look with 343 at the new modes including campaign co-op we're going to be asking the developers about halo infinite and how that's been going we're going to be looking at the new covert one flag mode and we're gonna be diving deep into forge we're gonna gonna be checking it out and doing some content around that so be sure to check that out that is airing on the 7th which is the day before the winter update goes live so that is something really cool xbox themed uh of course if you're if you have all consoles we have a lot of god of war ragnarok stuff on the way mm-hmm. so check that out and then for my personal stuff twitter at destin lagary lagary bakery for cookies the destin channel for youtube stuff excellent miranda
2: you can follow me at havoc grows and that's havoc with a k on instagram twitch twitter and now on co-host because we're playing the (laughs) game of which social media platform do we try next um you can also find some of our guides work going live right now we have a big thing on marvel snap because that is the hot new thing and it is Fine, and I said I have to uninstall this immediately <laughs> so it's a problem it's a yeah. problem uh, it's really good it's really good. Um, one of the team members said it's a game for people who don't have time and I was like you know you are actually right it is it's it's dangerous um, but we'll be doing that and of course covering a lot of other games coming out this fall so stay tuned
1: fantastic uh, and as for me I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan I mentioned the Cliff Blazinski unfiltered interview uh, at the top of the podcast, I will also mention, relevant to the Xbox audience out there, our November IGN 1st, our cover story, if you will, is Atomic Heart. Yay. So there's still a very little information out there about this game. There have been a lot of trailers over the last couple of years, but uh, spoiler, we're going to be doing a lot with it. So the first, first piece of exclusive content drops Friday. The release date trailer was today. Games out in February. I don't have the exact date in front of me, but uh, so that's throw that on the 2023 pile. It's you know not going to be an exclusive or anything, but that's a, it's going to be a hopefully a big game. It certainly looks cool to us. So uh, stay tuned all November long for exclusive Atomic Heart coverage. And with that, I want to thank our super producer Red in the back, making the show happen, making it possible. And I want to thank Miranda Stella Destin and all of you for listening slash watching. And with that, this was Podcast Unlocked, episode 568. We'll see you next week.